Welcome back to Sheeta Stand Up 2. Hey, some quick dates coming up. I'm going to be in Buffalo, Helium, September 3rd through 5th. I'm going to be in Houston at the Secret Group on October 14th. And I'm going to be in Dallas at the Plano Comedy Festival, October 15th, and DC Comedy Loft, October 21st through 23rd. You can check out tickets at broussard.live. We have an amazing guest today. This is a really exciting episode. Uh, we're uh, shocked that he agreed to do the podcast. He's an executive at Comedy Central. He books a lot of the stand-up comedians that you see on Comedy Central. He booked me for my very first television appearance back in 2013. Um, he is a very powerful and influential person in comedy, and he came on here and shared his insights into what makes good comedy, where the industry is going. It was It was revelatory stuff for me i I think you're gonna learn a lot from this episode and it's just one of my absolute favorites welcome back to she does stand up too i'm your host laura sogar this is matthew broussard and our guest today is ryan moran i'm pronouncing i'm pronouncing that right okay not moran moran yes ryan moran uh you work at comedy central you've worked at comedy central for 10 years Mm -hmm. and your official title is a vp of talent and development Okay, so so cool. What does that mean? Congratulations, first of all. I know how many, how much, how many coffees did you have to get back in the day to, or did you just go right in? Oh yeah, so many coffees, (laughs) so so many coffees. No, I yeah, I started there. um, I actually interviewed for the job and thought I had a pretty good shot at it. I interviewed as uh, for an assistant role. Yeah. And I didn't get the job. Mm. And then the person that they hired didn't work out. So like nine months later, they called me back and I temped for like three, three months. Yeah. Three months before they hired me full time. So this was like 10 years ago. That's 10 and change, I guess. Absolutely incredible. You're like, I'm your second choice Mm -hmm. and I'm not going anywhere. And I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Assistant's a miserable job that people will climb over each other to get right it's it's weird because i had like a whole career before being an assistant like i was i didn't come through doing the agency thing where people will be like on someone's desk you know i had this like whole career where i was in production and then i was a segment producer and then i was like well i'm cool with taking a step back if that means i can establish myself so that's what i ended up doing and I guess for that reason, being an assistant was not a miserable job. Hmm. It was actually like fine. What were you doing beforehand? Right before I was a segment producer on a show for MTV two called pranked where it was, you know, it was just like I was sourcing videos on YouTube being like, can I, can I, license this video from you with you kicking this dude in the nuts that was, <laughs> that was like guy. that's what i was doing before but um i was i was in production which i hated um yeah. i was a production manager so my first comedy job was i it was a production manager for aziz's first special oh, and wow. i was like oh you can work in comedy i didn't realize that so funny i feel like growing up like you obviously watch a bunch of comedy like everyone sees comedy to a degree mm-hmm. but it took so long for me to realize those are like real people yeah like to do stand up myself i was like oh that is like people do that <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. don't know why that disconnect occurs so deeply yeah see i, I in in la i, I saw firsthand like the these industry positions, these roles is, is represent like, you know, agents and 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 producers and executives. It's just as much of chasing a, a dream as like the performance Absolutely. side. There's there's fewer spots. You have to go through hell to get there. And it's not glamorous from the start. And 
yeah, it, it sounds like that path for you. Yeah. I mean, you ended up in, I mean, that's a really cool job that you have right now. It's a very cool job. It's very fun. And I'm really lucky. But like, yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I guess you do like have to put in your dues. And there's this whole like, it's a it's a, a long time to get there. But it's been like such a cool place. I didn't know that a job like this existed before I had it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And that's my interest. And then my like guiding principle for whether or not I should be in the role I'm in since, I don't know, for 15 years or something has been if I don't want my boss's job, it's probably not the right role for me. You know wow. what I mean? Like, oh, that's very, that's just good career advice. That's, yeah, that's very yeah. general good advice. Yeah. Who's your boss, Matt? Uh, me? <laughs> yeah yeah actually you're my you're my boss you where's that my where's job. that instagram post today matthew <laughs> post more videos um that's really cool um so okay so you you said what what is your day-to-day -day look like at what you're up to right well, now? right I, i'll i'll give you the the right now and then the yeah obviously times, right? it's a, yeah because we went through a unprecedented, lot of unprecedented yeah, congrats on surviving the purge <laughs> sure thank you um it's been weird um I no I, I think like day-to-day -day, it's a lot of you're managing a bunch of different projects, whether it's a special or a series or a pilot or whatever, right? So you're, I, how do I even like word this? I guess, um, you know, that we do all the typical stuff. There's like a bunch of meetings, you're taking generals with people, you're taking pitches. And then in between all those things, you're doing, you know, if, if something needs to be vetted for, uh, someone's material needs to be vetted. You need to send it through all the yeah. various departments, right? Um, you need to stay on top of, oh, this cut came in. You have to give notes on this. Got to get them back in a certain time frame. And like, oh, we're going to deliver, uh, you know, in a week and then air at whatever time. I got to talk to promos. I got to talk to, you know, brand creative, make sure the marketing is in place. You're juggling a lot of different things. Right. So I think like that's the, I guess that that is the day-to-day -day, but mm -hmm. like now it's a lot of that virtually I yeah guess, which listen is, preach one, same. <laughs> one thing you 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 left out is uh i i imagine it's the night tonight i mean you also have to keep abreast of who's funny you yeah. have to be going to I shows mean, and seeing what like new core of it right yeah. like yeah. you're a yeah. tastemaker yeah i guess i mean <laughs> it's weird right it is weird <laughs> it's weird because it's like a weird um yeah, it's a weird position to be in, I guess. But yes, like it's going to shows, which is not a thing I've done in, in some time. No. But um, yeah, it's well, going tonight. to shows and it's tracking people and it's like I write coverage on every show I go to. And, wow. I, and that's more for me than anything else. Uh -huh. More for so I can see, oh, I saw this person a month ago and I can tell they're like developing in a certain way i imagine you have like you know the burn book from mean girls you oh. just have that for every comedian it's incredible <laughs> and if it got out it would ruin you it's I, I yeah i guess but it's also like i i was cognizant of that like yeah. i think i was like oh let me make sure i'm not writing something shitty about someone it's There's just that like coded industry language yeah, yeah not yeah, a good yeah. fit right you know? right <laughs> a little green yeah, yeah. Exactly. rough around the edges yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. all those, yeah, yeah. those notes that mean nothing mm -hmm. Where they mean mm -hmm. something people read got it mm -hmm. got it got it got it <laughs> it's funny like when we were doing showcases we would have you know printouts of everyone's name and i would never write like my thoughts about the person mm -hmm. i would write like things to remind me of their jokes because i didn't want someone to 
come by and like take a look at it because it's like yeah. it shouldn't mean anything like well, you shouldn't get psyched out by this i'm just reminding myself of jokes that resonated or something that didn't work or whatever you know yeah that's so interesting how um, much stand-up would you be watching uh, in the before times like a hundred shows a year something like that okay yeah yeah so like i guess what like two two shows a week i guess that's a something lot like that. that is a lot <laughs> that's a lot for like yeah a, if you're not you know and watching not just because uh, i go to shows and I'll, I'll i'll peep 15 minutes of it total right yeah. sitting the yeah. whole duration of the show versus like you know going in watching you guys can't fun. go to shows like just for fun right i still do do you yeah i, I like to hang um, out my yeah. friends are like absolutely they they love comedy it's like the best group of friends that i could have i guess the support because they'll like come to all my shows and like genuinely yeah. enjoy themselves it's also new york city so sure. it's not like I forget that it's you know, cool. Going to comedy shows is cool for yeah. people who don't have to do it. But oh it is God, weird. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I won't like sit in the audience necessarily. Sure. I'll be like, like but stand. I'll stand yeah. and like watch the whole thing. You know what I mean? Unless it's the cellar, in which case I'm fucking there. Like yeah. drinks, please. Like I'm yeah. sitting right mm-hmm. here. That always feels fancy. That is I, the thing I have to remind myself is like, yeah like sometimes you have a shitty day at work or it's a long day and then you have to go to a show and you got to drive 45 minutes to get there and That's... park and then whatever but like at the end of the day i'm still doing something for work that people would pay, pay to, to do, do for, for fun. fun it's like being a food critic you know you yeah we were nice like, oh, i get to drink wine and eat nice restaurants like all the time mm-hmm. like the, the dream mm-hmm. so you watch a lot of stand-up comedy you how much do you interact on a normal basis with the artists like i would have so my i always like to laugh about the hr departments at like groups like comedy central and what a fucking nightmare that must be because you have groups that are adjacent <laughs> to your staff that you're like normal corporate policies around mm-hmm. who are crazy people like wild wild sure. people yeah sure you know in different ways but sure. they're in their very nature problematic sometimes the, the peaks of professionalism uh in both directions yeah i guess yes um it's it's funny to think like you have to stay professional when you're going out and listening to people tell dick jokes right and then there's booze flowing everywhere you know it's yeah. a, it's like a weird line specific ride, personality that yeah. can do that but it's also i don't know like it's pr- I, I never really found it to be difficult in any way mm-hmm. but like to answer your question a, a fair amount like i will interact with people i think it's like i think that there's nothing or I think you should always tell someone like, hey, you were great tonight. Like if you don't know them or whatever, right. like always, like if you actually thought that, why not say that? So yeah. like you just shoot the shit with someone and find out what they want to do. Like a general meeting. I don't know how other networks do general meetings. I have no idea. I, I'm i sure I've heard that they're painful. Yeah. Um, what I like to do in a general meeting is get a sense of like if I don't know the person get a sense of kind of their origin story. Like how did you start doing stand up, or, you know, whatever it is that they're doing and then just kind of like find out what they want to do. And also like just kind of shoot the shit with them. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for that is you should leave that meeting feeling like, do I want to work with this person? Cause by and large, a general meeting is going to be someone who a network is unfamiliar with right like right. kind of someone new to their world in some way maybe they're not new to stand up or to acting or whatever it is but yeah like it's just like do what do you want to do and how can we help you get there that's like the goal of the meeting i right. suppose but i don't know like you 
for on right. my side, it feels like I'm one of those dogs at the Westminster Kennel Club, just like dancing for you, and, and you're just, hmm, score points. But like, okay, not so for common hair, sense, but generally. I was gonna say, like, what was your? Did you take a general with us? Because you, this is how yeah. I remember getting to know you. And correct oh, me if I'm wrong, yeah, but yeah. we we did a showcase in Texas for Adam Devine's house party. Yes, and we were like, who's this dude? I and was doing comedy got, for a year and a half. I don't know why you picked me. I mean, uh, but it was, thank you. It, was funny. it at That's Cap probably. City? It was a Cap City. Okay. I was the only Houston comic on the lineup. So they had just seen me and I got on this showcase and I didn't know what to expect of it. Yeah. And yeah. I did so that. At that point, um, we that was our new faces show. So like people who hadn't done stand up on Comedy Central mm-hmm. were booked for Adam Devine's house party, which mm-hmm. was before that, I guess, live at Gotham, which yeah. is before my time. But, um, did you do a general with us after the fact? Uh, I got booked straight from that showcase. Yeah, I remember that. And then I think I that kind of uh, pushed my move to LA a couple months later. So I went I went to LA and filmed. I think I met you there. I did meet you there. And then when I moved to LA, I probably took a general. I might have taken more than one. I might have done an L- uh, LA and a New York general meeting with with y'all, but. Uh, Yes, and then I remember we grabbed coffee early on. I asked mm-hmm. if you wanted to grab coffee and or a drink, and uh, yeah. you said yes, and I was very happy to get all of that insight, and it was it was very yeah. useful to me at the time. Yeah, I don't know how generals typically go at other networks, but I have heard they're painful. Like, yeah. it's, it is like what you're saying. Like, you're you're like okay and dance. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and I had been I was so new to all of it. I just moved to L.A. and I remember doing like it was like oh MTV Comedy Central, cool, absolutely. But then like you like have a general like USA Network or oh, like God. just just weird ones where you're like, well, why are we doing this? And yeah. neither of us really like you can tell like two minutes in of like oh I have nothing to offer you. You have nothing. Like, I have no projects that fit what you're looking for. Right. I don't know. And then we have to, I'm just going to drink the coffee and, and hope this ends soon. Take your take your free water. Yep. yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I always love when the, the assistant's like, you need anything? Water? Coffee. And you're like, coffee? <laughs> like, Damn it. <laughs> I'm the guy who actually, yeah, takes them up on coffee. That's funny. Um, So the dream in those general meetings are that they come to you and they're like, Hey, I'm funny and I have this crystal idea of some cool shit that would work well with your network. Yeah, the pilot's already written. Yeah. 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 That would be like, yeah. And that's, it's not to say that that doesn't happen, but usually what does happen is like if we were in a general meeting, we'd talk about whatever, like your origin story and comedy typically. And then we'll, you know, it's just a conversation from there. And then at the end, like we have like a spiel of stuff we say like, oh, we're looking for this. This is the type of programming we're doing. Yeah. Um, the areas we're trying to develop in are this, this and this right now. Like that's shifted, sure. um, of course. But uh, there's like the business of the general meeting. But I think the meat of the general meeting is do we want to work together? You know, it's almost totally. like a first date, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's do, your vibe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and there's been meetings where someone has come in, they said, I have this idea and they'll, you know, talk, they'll give you like the elevator pitch or whatever. And sometimes you're like, I like that person. And that idea was cool. Like then you call their reps. That doesn't happen that often because they're coming in with a, w- without knowing what our like network mandates are, I guess, but yeah. it happens from time to time for sure. Yeah. 
Um, so then you have your network mandates, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that process look like? Is that more of a like super top down? And I yes. totally understand like who the fuck knows right now right, right. <laughs> since everything, like all the, the brands coming together, Viacom, like mm-hmm. CBS merger. Was that, I mean, shit show? Yeah. I mean, well, whatever you can say. Like, it yeah. Matter. I mean, I, it was like, it was weird. I, I guess I've been super lucky in that up until the merger, I hadn't gone through these big cataclysmic changes that pretty much everyone in the industry had gone through at that point. Like I didn't, I didn't have the big crazy leadership shifts that constantly happen. Oh yeah. So it was like, I was able to dodge that bullet for a long time. So I was like, well, everyone's going to go through it at some point. So, um, so yes, uh, it was weird and it was like not fun and a lot of great people got let go and that sucks. But, um, the mandates changed in as much as it was, you know, I could tell you what we were looking for before. And now it's a little more uncertain. Now it's like adult animation is the thing. Topical shows are the thing. Yeah. Um, stand up. It's like, it's up in the air. Like what's anyone doing in stand up? you know? And so that, that's tough. Go on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the way things are going, right? Like, yeah, which is, I love it. I, I love mean, higher to, access to, to what mm-hmm. we do because, I mean, from, from my perspective, I'm not trying to make money off of my, my stand-up. It's, it seems the smarter route to just make as much of your stand-up available. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. you know, we can – stand-up comedians, we have that real advantage of no matter what we create, we can make up the money in touring. Like if we're if we're on a TV show, it's 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 not the money we make per episode. It's the do people see this when they come buy tickets to see me because they mm-hmm. like me in it. Yeah, it's uh, like almost like a commercial for you. Yeah, right. Like it's it's if you put out a good product, people will come see you. And it that, that was kind of like the, I guess the guiding principle of putting things on YouTube. It was yeah. like, all right, doing full fledged specials is very cool, but if the tree falls in the woods, you know, it's like mm-hmm. if people can't get it, what's it matter? Gotta yeah. you know? remove the barriers. Yeah. Of- and access. I, I also liked what y'all did. I hope you continue doing it with your version of new faces mm-hmm. was the cluster face up next was the mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Yeah. Because these were, these are breakout sets. I mean, for people listening, you know, there, there's, there's, there's historically, there's been Aspen new faces, I believe was the one mm-hmm. JFL for many years or mm-hmm. the industry picks all these, you know, quote unquote new, new might not mean new, but people, they, they want to go and do this showcase and this major festival where they get seen for quote unquote the first time by right. agents and executives and what Comedy Central does is they do that showcase, but they also film it very well mm-hmm. at Clusterfest. And I've seen some of these sets go on to really pop comedians because yeah. you were the first ones who thought to just, well, let's film it and put it out like yeah. a, like a presents. I mean, yeah. like, look at like I think Chappelle Lacey, Shane Torres, like Sydney Washington, mm-hmm. uh, Molly Austin all had great sets and you see them online and people are responding to yeah. it. So Yeah, that um, so that process we used to do uh comics to watch which is our version of new faces at the new york comedy festival and part of the criteria for that was can't have done stand-up on comedy central Mm -hmm. but also can't have been a jfl new face right so we were and that festival was in november or is in november so new faces is in july so sometimes we'd be like shit we wanted that person but they got new faces you know yeah um but for them the what I've seen change over time, and I don't know if we're going to be doing like up next or comics to watch or some version of that. I have no idea. Um, but the thing that changed over time, and I think you can look at this with short sets with half hours with whatever, it was not just like, is this a good set? It was like, 
what what can we do with that person? Mm-hmm. Do we want to work with that person moving forward? Where can we plug them in in the machine? You yes. Know? And that the became machine. like the that became the thing that we were more focused on than is this a great seven minutes of material? Like right. that should be like that should be the case. Yeah. But also what else is there? So you know? so you're trying to understand a little bit more of their their personality and their like overall brand. Is it is a cheap word, but vehicle. You're looking for the vehicle. Because yeah. that's what my, my I have a couple friends doing uh, JFL right now. Mm-hmm. And they 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 ask me advice. My advice is always the same as you know, do your set, do it as well as you can, but afterwards when they ask. You act, you write, you dance, you juggle. You yeah. have five pilot ideas that you're you're willing to pitch, even if you don't. You have a movie ready because mm-hmm. only you can really make money off of stand up. Only you, the comedian, makes money off of it. For other people to be interested in, there has to be revenue and 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 you know, outlets for. Look at like Inside Amy Schumer that you needed is as as, mm-hmm. as as much of a phenomenon as her stand up was. You needed that that project. Uh, Chappelle show. It's uh, uh, a really, really good point. You like, have to have something else to offer them. I mean, Stand up yeah. is a selfish pursuit. It's recess for stand up comedians. Yeah, you have to bring them something else in addition to that. And um, yeah, there's well, also, not a lot of people who are just known as stand ups. Yeah, like right? Jim Gaffigan, and that's it. It's like Gaffigan, like Nate Bargatze, like that's kind of Regan. Right? If you yeah, go back, sure, sure. kind of Mulaney. Mulaney's yeah. had a lot of other things now at this point too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like. Oh hello, God! Oh hello, so yeah. Funny. Murders me. So funny. It's all live performance, which is really respectable. But mm-hmm. or, yeah. I, I mean, I, listen, I don't. As long as someone's making me laugh, I don't give a shit in what right. form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like Aziz needed Parks and Rec. Like it's, it's well, and yeah. I think that's what's the really interesting part right now is that those normal, typical formats that you'd make money typically, like in the before times, have first of all there was COVID, so everything's top, you know, upside down. But more importantly, I think for this, this entry of streaming services yeah, and how that's completely changed the commercial game. And yeah. I, I mean, it's not obviously comedy is one small facet of the machine that is being impacted by that. Do you have any like predictions or, I mean, obviously like who, where if you, things are going. Yeah. I don't. It's who funny. Knows, like but... when I started at comedy central, like Netflix was still mailing DVDs, you know, exactly. So like, exactly. In, in that time, it wow. was, which is not that long ago. Really wow. By the Only way. 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like rotary phones doesn't when you it? say it. Yeah. yeah, doesn't it? Like streaming was not a word that was used. Yeah. So, right. Like it was Netflix instant. I, I used to. <laughs> my favorite, um, my initial, like, I, I loved stand-up comedy growing up, and I would always go on freaking LimeWire. Do you remember oh, yeah. LimeWire? Sure. And look up the Comedy Central half hours. No idea who the comedians were. I would just download, like, 25 viruses and these albums <laughs> directly to my family's PC, and I would listen to them. And it was like... So like the most rant, like I would know selection. I was really la- latching on to Comedy Central being the tastemaker at that point because they couldn't go on YouTube and find sure. people. Yeah, you just YouTube, Google stand-up comedy and there's not much that would come up. Google yeah. was barely like it a was, thing. It was barely a thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I that's when um, I'm much older than you guys. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like Napster. I'm downloading like... Oh, I remember Napster too. I'm yeah. downloading like old Eddie Murphy stand-up. Yeah. Mitch Hedberg. Like yeah. doing like oh, yeah. Bill Hicks. Like I was downloading all that stuff back in the day. So now to see where it on your Zune at, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> little MB3 player. I'm like, it's yes. 13 tracks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know where things are going. It's funny, like... I think it's pretty, I think YouTube is like undeniably where everyone wants their stand up nowadays. Cause I think it, 
doesn't break through the clutter on Netflix. And I think when you start seeing someone like Dave Chappelle putting a special that gets nominated for an Emmy on YouTube, yeah, kind of tells you where things are at right now, right? Yeah, and that was very that was a quick turn. Yeah, that felt like just in the last couple months that it was like you know Mark Norman and Joe List and Sam Morrill put out specials, and we're all like, wonder how that's going to do. And we're like, oh, let me get on YouTube. Right. And well, like, I'm, in, in the, the next answer. year, it's going to be a flood, and it might be harder to get through that mix. But well, I also yeah. think that they're. I mean, YouTube, what they've really perfected is that algorithm of suggestions. Yep. Like even your podcast, you want to have an element on YouTube because yeah, there's more listeners on YouTube too. Yeah, they'll, some they'll find it. People they'll listen to more podcasts on YouTube the now. The tags that's and all the shit. Interesting, because I, I listen to podcasts on my phone. What app? Uh, I use a very old app called iCatcher. Okay. Is someone recommended it to me forever ago, and now I'm just like stuck with it. That, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I use Spotify. I I, and I which love. Apparently, is weird. I do use Spotify as well, but like the thing that I don't get on podcasts on YouTube is, uh, I like it when I'm doing things around the house or I'm like running errands or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I can't do that on YouTube unless you, you can't you know, even have it play while you're working people. on your phone. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't even have it open. Yeah. Up. Like that. That kills me. Yeah. Like a mini version that continues oh, to play yeah. to while you're money. like yeah. fucking around with your phone. Is there? Yeah. Is that an option if you pay? Oh, if you, if you pay yeah. for YouTube Premium, it, it plays in the background. Which is like, it's just the right price where I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. true. It's like Every single bucks, time I'm like, get out of here. Unsubscribe forever. I'm yeah. never paying for it. Yeah, to open a te- I'm willing to pause this to open a text message. Yeah. What about uh, this huge influx of stand-up on Instagram and posting reels and IGTV? Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. Like, I think anytime you're able to... Um, reach an audience yourself and mm-hmm. like curate the way you want your stuff out there. I think that's really cool. And I think you see, you're seeing more and more people like we uh, put out Joe list special and we put out Sam Morrill special, but then Sam put out another special himself. Right. And it's like, great, do that. You yeah. should be doing that. That's awesome. So I think it's very cool. I watch a lot of stand up on Instagram for that reason. And I think captions kind of change the game, which is so stupid, but it's true. Like, it, so true. It matters. And it's like, every, it's an art form in and of itself. Every like, single stand up comedian right now is realizing they needed to go to like, like a, tech school or film something school. film school yeah. like have a minor uh, the equivalent of a minor in like i have to go on like all the adobe programs to edit the videos and stuff like that and you can try to pay someone but like probably not you better learn how to do it yourself yeah, when, yeah. We, if you want to do it well either you have to hire someone who does stand-up editing as their job or you need to learn to do it yourself because also like if someone asked if someone was like show. how much money would i need to pay you to edit my stand-up i'd be like you can't afford it there's right. no way i'm right. not doing that no you know Develop the skill yourself. Definitely develop the skill yourself. But if you have any ability to do so. Totally. Yeah, I see like, I see a lot of clips from the seller. Do they just give you guys that footage? Mm -hmm. Really? You can ask for your set. They record everything. Yeah. That's awesome. They keep it for like two weeks. One time I did a show at the seller and uh, I was doing a joke about her being a swimmer, professional swimmer. And then I was talking about her ex-boyfriend being... Uh, a very good swimmer and six foot seven and a guy it's very rarely a heckler in the audience the guy goes what's her name i go why are you asking he goes i swam like where'd you swim he goes ut i go oh no and he goes is it laura sogar oh and the God. whole crowd just starts screaming he goes you're talking about her ex don he oh, was the best man at my wedding my god <laughs> and i got a clip from i didn't even ask for it liz sent me the clip the next day 
for like a crowd work video. That's like an incredible. Did you ever post that? No. What I would have needed to edit it. I yeah. Do you have it? I might. I could find it. You yeah. gotta post that right yeah. now, That's man. That's so funny. See, this I, is what I do all day. This is every too. single day. Me just what if I post it? <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because you you know high production. I I still love a well filmed stand up clip, multiple camera angles, good cuts, and all that. But uh, the internet does not mind just a, a steady cam one shot, like the Denver Comedy Works, where it's yeah. yeah. It's like it's it's almost demoralizing in a way because you, you if you put a ton of time into producing a stand up yeah. set, you're like. But it does it matter? Like, does it? Like <laughs> on TikTok, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts to have it well shot. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, we started doing this show that you're doing to tonight. Um, yeah, we started doing this as a so. Can you explain what the show is? Sure. Yeah. So it's Comedy Central stand up featuring, and it's short sets on YouTube, basically. So forever ago, uh, you know, we did Adam Devine's house party for three seasons, mm-hmm. and then. It was a, okay, what's our next iteration of this type of show where you can introduce a comedian to the Comedy Central audience? And, you know, for whatever reason, we couldn't get something going. I did a pilot um, that was kind of going to be that, and I really loved it. And it Mixed didn't tape? go. Uh, playlist. Playlist, yeah, yeah. yes. And it didn't go, which was a bummer, but I got the reasons why it didn't go. And mm-hmm. then... I was like, I don't know. Like, what if we just did this for YouTube? The budgets are way smaller. Mm -hmm. People don't really discover comedians through linear television anymore. Right. If we pay the comedians what you would get paid for a TV set, like a late night set or whatever, Mm -hmm. and we put them out in a way where people can use it as discovery, and we kind of have a real-time focus group of what people think of them and how our fans are responding why not so we tried it as a almost like a pilot um uh, about three years ago and we shot 14 people and it kind of immediately took off to the point where we went let's keep doing that yeah and so we just have we've kept churning them out and this is the first time f- uh, since well you did austin in yeah. 2019 um that was the last like uh the before times version of this and this right. feels like that we did do a the, cycle in brooklyn where it was like a 25 person audience yeah outdoors. the COVID friendly one yeah. yeah yeah which was great great talent on that one super fun to do but you know you need an audience for stand-up and like it was those sets are great but I, it was while i'm watching them i'm like i wish there was 20 more people yeah you know? i right. talked to the director yesterday he was like oh we have triple the audience mics yeah. that we normally would we're trying to capture every little lap because there's a, a capacity limit yeah tonight uh but that's i mean i really love it i really love it because it's just a chance to just get more stand up out there more people um it's not limited real estate mm-hmm. like linear television where you can only do oh we can only put three people an episode and one yep. episode a week and we only have the budget for eight episodes this season so you can just anyone you think is up to snuff you can give them sets and you yeah. can bring people back because you know i've well, done a half hour and I'm, i've come back and done mm-hmm. two of these and it's just a great way to get a five what, minute yeah. set out one of the other interest yeah exactly that 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 point at the end i think is really important because often with specials like you I, I, i'm an idiot so like i'm like speaking from like very much like an outsider's perspective, but it seems like they're supposed to be like evergreen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To an extent, like yeah, I want to listen to your special in 10 years and still laugh at it. Whereas, I mean, if you do some COVID jokes or some jokes that maybe like are Trump, a little bit yeah. more applicable to the mm-hmm. current environment, they'll probably do fantastic, you know? But like, yeah. do you want to put that on a an album, you know, that's more sure, like yeah. gonna live forever? Yeah, I think like we did maybe two cycles of it 
um, before realizing that, hey, maybe some people who are not at that level, who are like beyond that new face kind of level, maybe they have jokes they want to get out right now and they don't want to yeah. wait for Run a special. Run them through, yeah. So I think Ali this Sadiq, week the seller, yeah. Ali Sadiq and Sean Patton were like, we'd love to do it. And I was like, really? Okay. Great. Isn't that crazy comedians who want to do comedy? <laughs> <laughs> you want to have me do comedy into a microphone and film it? Hell yeah. yeah. I'll it's be there. funny because like I thought that there was going to be a bit of a stigma to it, like it being not on linear. And there wasn't. Like I think no. the first cycle, we made 14 offers and got 14 confirmations. Like nobody passed. And I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, no brainer. Yeah, and it kind of it worked, and it's like it is the thing that is the most fun to do because it is the it's exactly what you're saying. There's no limited real estate. You don't have to truncate a set to get it into an act break. You know, that, yeah, that I, would be and, so and annoying. Cleanliness. Yeah, I don't have to. I can do. I don't have to worry about content. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's such a. I was I had a five minute set in my pocket for a couple of years. It's almost overcooked, and I was like, if I get. Corden or something like this or Colbert that would be a great thing to throw on there and then I got this offer and I started running that set and I was like wait no this is a chance to do something yeah explore the you know take advantage of the the boundaries that aren't there as a result of it not being on NBC yeah totally. and, and that freedom is very exciting there's edit again editing like it's a thing I did at the last taping where I could do a joke up top and I'm like okay I'm gonna pick up the mic again and yeah. we're gonna pretend to restart but I have now I have the audience on my side with the joke that's not gonna make the it's uh it's really neat. And then looking at this batch, um, there are comedians who have done Netflix 15s and 30s, comedians who have done Comedy Central Hours, who are thrilled to come back and do an eight-minute set. Yeah. And, and I think that's a testament to Comedy Central, how good of a relationship you have with comedians and how well y'all shoot comedy, because that's really hard to do. Yeah. Good Lord. Oh, my God. Watching... I mean, we, I've done so some stuff a, that's not well shot. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, filming the tapes at like, we try to provide videos at our show. Like I run a weekly show and it's just, I don't know. You start to really, when you're editing and like looking at things, you really appreciate like the professionalism of obviously like having the production crew and stuff like sure. that. Yeah. Um, uh, how much do you look for like DIY content that's not stand up? TikTok videos, YouTube series. I, I am like ashamed to say that I, didn't even look at TikTok for a very long yeah. time. And because I thought it was going to be like, I feel like stupid. that actually reflects well on your character. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? I hear you. Like, yeah. it's unfortunately the reality, but it yeah. is. But it's like, there are, like, when Vine came out, it was like stupid, right? Yeah. And then there was like innovations being made. But then at the end of the day, it's a six second video, which is very hard to do. Like, yes. it's almost like a half hour set is easier to do than a tight five minute set mm-hmm. is yeah. kind of the same yeah. thing right it's very true so i was like i don't know about tiktok or whatever and then i looked at it and i'm like there's wildly talented people on here like yeah. this is very good stuff mm-hmm. i don't know what you do with it quite yet like i think it's finding those type of personalities and it's more of seeing what you know what they want to do but it's a lot of innovation being done there i look at stuff a lot um i try to look at a lot of you know web series or youtube videos or instagram content or tiktok content a lot a lot yeah um i've heard a story uh i heard the story that like workaholics mm-hmm. um those guys had a, a youtube series and i'll i'll straight up say it that was not good <laughs> that i heard yeah. was just not well done but hot comedy takes. central <laughs> saw it and it's like well you guys have showed you have the work ethic to create things Mm -hmm. you've you've already struggled through the most ugly part of finding your voice 
so that when you give you we give you a series and the resources to make a series you'll come in the first season more like a second season sure and, yeah, and yeah. i always think about like that just making your own stuff just to show people that you can totally and i think the um I think that's super important and I think it's a skill set to have for sure. I think the thing that you have to ride a fine line on is the reason I think no one from Vine kind of crossed over into more traditional media, I mm. think is because they were so used to doing things their own way, you know, mm, right. and I think it was hard to for them to fit into a thing where maybe they weren't the the end all be all of it right like they were the thing they they only answered to themselves right and i think that's the hard part so if you can do something on your own but also be great to work with and it doesn't mean you have to like bow down to some entity or some something but you gotta take notes yeah you got to take notes and know what you're doing and like know how to work with a team really do do stand-ups have a similar problem because we very much are like, no, my way, that's it. Don't tell me how to write my funny jokes. Funny is funny. Yeah, I Because yeah, we get that feedback and we feel so high on our own supply of like, no, I control the audience. I determine what's funny. I, I guess so. But I think like um, if you're doing a scripted series or you're doing something, mm -hmm. I think it's easier for a network or a producer or whoever to give you notes on it. I feel very uncomfortable giving stand-ups notes on <laughs> jokes. Why would I do that? Like, I mean, I can tell you Good what instinct. I, I can tell you what I liked about it. I can tell you what didn't work for me. I don't need to tell you how to punch something up. Like, I'm I'm not a writer. I'm not a, I'm not going to do that. But I can like it's the reason why um you know, when you're doing a set for linear television and you have to cut it down to get into, you know, a 8-minute act or whatever, um, you kind of have to nip and tuck words and jokes. And I hate that. Like yeah. if you're going to remove a joke, remove the whole joke, you know, yeah. don't, don't try to, wordsmith they it for worded them. it in a certain way to, you know, um, to, and, and I try to be mindful of that, but yeah, I guess so. I guess comedians are like, no, this is good. This works. This is funny. And like, ultimately like they're the tiebreaker, right? Like they know. So mm. I, I guess so, but at the same time, like, who are we to tell them differently? <laughs> so does it ever get weird with like, obviously you guys have your, I always wonder about like the influence of the advertisers mm -hmm. and having to balance like, Hey, you know, maybe having this joke and then follow up with Toyota thon, like yeah. market <laughs> kind of, yeah, maybe a, a pro shark death joke. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that happens like that for sure happens. Um, and it sucks. It's funny. Like someone, um, someone said something on like Twitter or something like that, where they were like, "Why doesn't Comedy Central just run old stand-up all day?" Right? Oh my god! And the reason is because people don't watch it. Like they don't watch it, and the advertisers pay for things for like views. they pay to make this content. Essentially, it is a vehicle for people to watch commercials essentially it's 100 percent, right? wow. and that is the harsh reality that i think a lot unless you are live performing to your fans you're selling or something you're a salesperson freaking, yeah, yeah you it. are selling toyota thought yeah homeboy yeah. Like, yeah and like you know people netflix is so ubiquitous that people forget that they pay for it but you pay for it right mm -hmm. you know if you're not paying for it you're being advertised to and right? even even they're using their youtube channel heavily which yeah. is supported by ad revenue right yeah yeah exactly so yes there is some of that and sales will sometimes say 
this is problematic for this reason, but it's, it's less about the content itself and more about if they're saying something bad about someone who's an advertiser. You know, if someone's well, talking shit about McDonald's, McDonald's is a big advertiser, that becomes an issue. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing with S&P when you run your, your set by standards and practices. Like when I did the, uh, if we stand at a Diamond Enchant and Apple store opens, they were like, ooh, we got to check that line. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, it's not disparaging of Apple, so you can leave it in. But they were, they were worried no, about that. Apple yeah. was probably like, honestly, nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we have. They like, write. They write. <laughs> we do have like a list of brands that don't advertise with us. So it's like, oh, what if you Arby's. change it to this? You know? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, John yeah. Stewart railed against Arby's. He had like a recurring segment of Arby's. It's just disgusting meat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, oh God, that's so great. And that's so funny. I, I love that so much. And I also love that that's someone's job is like the sales guy having to pitch to these advertisers and being like, yeah, I know John Stewart keeps shitting on you. We're mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Hey, any press is good press, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that becomes, uh, it becomes tricky sometimes, mm-hmm. but by and large, it's, it's not. And we don't run into that on this show, which is nice. Yeah. I also think that in the, like a lot of these advertisers must realize that, you know, one person saying something not necessarily flattering to them, unless they are incredibly influential mm-hmm. is not going Im- to, it's as long as it's bringing eyes and their eyes are being, you know, seeing this ad, it's going to result in the campaign results that they're looking for. Totally. Think about it. Like they're advertising on fucking subways. Like, it's not exactly an ideal situation to see an ad. Are you kidding? Sure. Yeah. Like, next yeah. to a homeless guy masturbating? Like, that's yeah. also not what I would like. <laughs> Do you, I guess, kind of a, maybe a boring question, but, like, advice to stand-ups, how to, how to, how to stand out, how to get seen by industry, what, what, what people are looking for right now? Funny. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what my answer would be in the before times, <laughs> you know? When yeah. I mean, what is it? Point out. of view. It's always point, point of view. view. 100%. You need point of view. Like it's definitely point of view. What does that mean? Um, are you telling something that only you could say? Great or, answer. You know, Ooh. I think it's like the world from your point of view. How mm-hmm. are you, you know, the, the term broad is thrown around a lot in terms of like, this is a broad comedian. Right. But mm-hmm. like, while those are great jokes, a lot of people could say it like, like you know it's like the 80s thing like women do this men do this ever notice food is like yeah, yeah exactly ever notice that women be shopping yeah <laughs> and it's very like a well-written joke is a well-written joke like mm-hmm. no question but what you're really looking for is um you know i watched jfl new faces on wednesday and there was it was very evident who kind of had the point of view because they're like, oh, let me, I have seven minutes to tell you who I am to introduce myself to you and to kind of give you my, the story I want to tell. And those are the kind of people who are like, whoa, that's really cool. So I think that's the thing you're really looking for. Do you ever see people trying too hard to do that? (laughs) Because I I see some, I'll see a set of it. It's it's always like a three to five year comedian. I'm like, oh, they're selling a sitcom. Yeah, I see mm-hmm. what you're doing. You're um, you're pitching your series. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that definitely it's it's I like guess an, it's not a bad way to air. No, it's not, but it it's funny cuz does that happen anymore? Like do people get like Just a go to, sitcom in a while? Here they like, are. Like Rami yeah. maybe Gerard yeah. before that. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And Gerard was like very specific. Like I think he said 
I could be getting this wrong, but he, uh, he said, I don't want to do a special until I can have an HBO special. And I don't want to do a show until I have an NBC show like yeah. that specific. That was, that was like That's me. Hilarious. I said, I don't want to be on television until I'm hosting a, uh, a, a clip show on MTV too. <laughs> Listen, I said, no, nothing, nothing below that. And then they, yep. And my dream came true. I'm pretty sure by the way, I worked for the company before, um, comedy central. I worked for that company. They produced that that produced that show that's so funny i think so yeah i'm pretty sure one full season baby we shot it in four days to your point like when you're a stand-up comedian and you're on actual stage like you're a brand like you're not just that person or not just the jokes but you're also the person behind it if you are just the jokes you're a writer mm-hmm. who will get probably staffed yeah. potentially totally. which is not a bad gig either you know what i mean but if you can just write good jokes like the Mike yeah, Lawrence story. Exactly. I'm, yeah. Well, I mean, he's also an interesting, but he's kind of a, I would consider both. But there's some people who are fantastic comedy writers and you beat them and you're like, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not com- near, not necessarily compelling in person, but yeah, there's a fine. lot of jobs in comedy. There's more you can, than you'd you think. Can get, yeah. So many jobs. So many jobs yeah. that you can get from being a good stand up comedian mm-hmm. that aren't touring stand up comedian. Sure. Yeah. 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 Totally. And, I and think, also have health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think like, you know, I'll see people and uh, I will be like make a mental note of like, I think they're really funny, but are they a, are they a stand up or are they more of a writer? And it, right. you know, or this- produce like Emily Heller is producing Barry, uh, Nick Rutherford's producing Rick and Morty. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they're, they have, so cool. Those are great comedians with incredible tastes that, that help. I mean, that to me is making it. If you're just, part of a team that makes something that good like yeah you can rest easy knowing you're contributing to comedy yeah like touring a touring career is not the end-all be-all i wouldn't think right like you can do so many different things It, it is but it's uh like to me it's like that would be really cool that's the the thing i'm shooting hardest for mm-hmm. And I want to go for it while while there's still the opportunity. But if I can't make that, I would be happy to own a home in Burbank and just be commuting to a writer's room every day. Sure. That's a yeah. pretty cool life. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does <laughs> does your job like cross over into your personal life? The the boundaries yeah. of it seem so nebulous. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, like I'm you know, it's hard to do something where you're going out at night and like Absolutely. hanging out with people. So like they become friends and like my wife will come with me to a lot of stand up shows mm-hmm. and tapings and stuff. And uh, yeah, for sure. For she sure. seems very understanding of the lifestyle. She is very understanding. What does she the, do? If we can she's ask? a real estate agent. Hell yeah. um, and before that uh, was like an entrepreneur. And so she has flexibility, but she loves going to stand up shows. Like she literally said to me, I don't know, a week ago, she's like, we should go to the, the store. And I was like, OK, sure. Yeah, like, it's just fun. <laughs> But yeah, um, it definitely crosses over 100%. Yeah. It doesn't, we have a rule about like, does it count as date night? And oh. there are certain comedians who are good enough. I I got us tickets to uh, Mulaney's New Hour. Oh, yeah. And I, we were I walking like, in. I'm like, does this count as a date night? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a date night. This yeah, is yeah. like a Broadway show. This is like, oh, yeah, this is like. Better. Tick- are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like shows that you would pay to go to mm-hmm. and there are shows that you would go for free right <laughs> but would you you know would it be a hang what do, what kind of shows do you like to go to the clubs the alt shows the- i like 
I like going to both of those. I haven't been to, I mean, I haven't been to very many shows lately, obviously, but I haven't been to a non club show in a while. I love the club shows. I love going to the cellar when I'm here. Mm -hmm. Like they're great. Um, but I kind of like anything. I think what's cool, like I, I love going, um, to a well-produced club show for Mm -hmm. sure. I also think it's very cool. There's something really, um, interesting about taking comedy and putting it in a place where it, kind of doesn't belong like a meltdown or something where you're like this is dope like you guys made your own scene here and i imagine you're gonna see newer people there like if you're at the cellar you're you're kind of discovered already yeah 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 Yeah, that's definitely later that's true yeah Mm -hmm. that's true and i just find they're they're delivering a product there that's their job is to make best show that's it versus we're like i love this person i think the audience will love them too if they don't okay (laughs) we'll be here next week (laughs) How often do you um, like just see someone you're like, this person's completely new to me and I'm blown away? Uh, it's rare. It happens, but it's rare. Um, I uh, Forever ago, um, my goal was I want to have an opinion if someone asked me about a certain comedian, mm-hmm. right? So oh. I was like, let me go out and see as many people as I can. Even if it's early in their process. Yeah, 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 Yeah. for sure. And I just want to have an opinion on them. And so I did that, and I think I do, more or less. And when I see someone who I didn't know, and they're like fully formed, and they're great. You made a mistake. uh, Yeah, totally. And I'm like, You want want everyone's rookie card. How did this person get by me? Like, typically, when I go to like Montreal for New Faces, I know all the people on the New Faces lineup. Yeah. Maybe there's one, maybe unrepped is usually a little a different little but like i remember seeing like noah garden swords at whenever he did it my and, year uh oh 2015 like, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Unrepped, so yeah. i turned to the person who was a colleague and we were both like how did we not see <laughs> we this <fucked> person <laughs> like he was in new york like how do we not this is stupid how do we not know this dude so it happens but it's it's fairly rare i guess but that being said do you do is there a real fear of early exposure for comedians? If you get seen too soon, people don't take you seriously, and then you got to work harder to. I think that's undo more that. a fear on the side of the comedian than the industry. Like, I totally understand why someone would feel that way, but uh-huh. I don't have that feeling, and I've and I've been wrong before. I've seen people who. I was like, I don't get it. Like, uh, I don't uh-huh. know. And then I'll see them on another show and I'm like, yeah, I was wrong for sure. So well, yeah. I don't yeah. think so, but I, I would understand the apprehension for sure. Cool. So how does that work? Obviously you're LA based. Mm-hmm. You travel quite a bit. I, well, uh, in the before times, let's yep. just go from there. Yep. Do you have specific people like who live in New York who are trying to, or more in charge of that market or like, what about the other cities like Atlanta or, yeah, you know? um, we have, offices in LA and New York. So there's a bunch of people who go out in New York and we'll, you know, share slack each other about it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, but we'll like, you know, we'll talk, but in terms of other cities, um, no, we go out and scout those cities. And usually what that means is, um, we've been to a festival there. We've seen locals and we'll like go, Oh, I like this person, this person, and this person. But then sometimes you just talk to a club and be like, who's good. Like sure. show, show me who's good there. Like if we go to Portland, I know a fair amount of people out there, but it's like, I don't That's, know everyone. Yeah. We're not going out all the time. I, I go here once a year, maybe. So right. let's see who's good. So I think we're just reliant on good clubs, scouts, good yeah. scouts in that. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously one of the big things right now is like the push for more diversity. Mm-hmm. 
how is that impacting the process at all? Also, is that coming from the higher ups or is it something that like, obviously we all seen the importance of it. So I'm sure there's some personal leanings too. Yeah. Um, it, it is, but it's funny. Like we have this, um, we have like meetings about uh, diversity and inclusion, right? Yeah. And it's like, how can we do Who better in all these? Every yeah, company, exactly. goddamn. <laughs> it's like, how can we do better in these areas? And it's funny because they got to me and they're like, yeah, you're fine. Anyway, <laughs> on to the next apartment. So, Aww, which great. is really nice. Which is nice, but it's, I think it just kind of naturally happened that way. I, I, th- I think we've been fairly diverse in our bookings for stand up in particular, I think. I, I think know. capitalism and taste can drive that more naturally than people think. When you've just yeah. seen nothing but white guys on TV and someone comes out that's not with an interesting perspective, people, you know, don't change the channel at least. They're like, oh, this is new. Like, a unique story will always be an asset in in, in comedy and in storytelling. And, yeah. and yeah. I feel like in 20 years from now, when we have more balance and stuff like that, we're going to look back on this time and that like shift because I hear you. But then why was it so? Yeah, why did it take so long? Why did it take so long? And yeah, why I'm not was saying it... these problems fix themselves. I'm glad there's no, no, no. Made, I, but, I agree yeah. with you, though. So it's kind of like chicken or the egg, you know, like yeah. what is causing it? Is it frankly, there's ha- oh, this is my other question. Have you ever been to an open mic? Yeah, one time. I didn't, <laughs> well, how was it? I didn't. I didn't know it was an open mic. So Fuck my yeah. brother was doing stand up, and he texted me, "Hey, I'm in Hollywood. I'm doing a show." And it was near my apartment, so I said, "All right, I'll come through." A show. <laughs> and then he texted me while I was in the car, saying, "Actually, don't come." And I was like, "I'm most I'm of the way there. I'll go." You know. And it was not fun. And I and it, it wasn't that the comedians were bad. It's that my wife and I were the only like real people. Yeah, there. No, the yeah. rest of the crowd was comedians. So they were like everyone was doing crowd work on us. And I was like, this Ugh. is awful. What this do you awful. do for a living? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love and that's, what open mic was it? Yeah. It was at see? um oh God, uh what was that restaurant? Uh Marty's? Uh, no, oh. it was at uh, no, What what like, part of town? It was in Hollywood, like right at like Coenga and Hollywood. Okay, yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah, yeah. Oh, the worst the open mic in Hollywood. Was, but it was so, yeah. terrible. Yeah, I was like, oh god. So obviously, like one of the things we talk about in this podcast is like female perspective of mm-hmm. doing comedy and male perspective, and like there's no women at these mics at all. It's getting better now in major cities, mm-hmm. but yeah, just the entry level. There, there's just not there. I would imagine 15, 20 years ago, there were women, obviously, and the shit they had to deal with, I can't even fucking imagine. But, like, just now, there's so many more female comics. And I would say the internet kind of helped with that because you could get more representation easily. I think, like, I think Guy Branham tweeted something one time that I went, oh, shit, he's right. Um, (laughs) Which was, we announced, like, this is eight, nine years ago, announced a slate of half hours. And he goes, another cycle where comedy central didn't book a lgbtq person and i went huh and then i started looking at all these lineups and i'm like these are very very white male straight like that's what they are yeah to be fair a couple of those people were in the closet at that time (laughs) (laughs) looking back you're like ha ha guy (laughs) now it's a diverse lineup (laughs) but yeah i mean i think there were like regrettably so many lineups so many shows that were like you know 90 percent men and it's like and i know it's a male dominated industry and it still is but i mean why is it that there aren't women at these open mics like that's well i will say open mics they're getting better now but like 
they're not a welcoming environment for, for women. I'm just very interested in how, you know, the networks like have to, you know, navigate the bringing diversity without obviously still rewarding. There's plenty of very talented people like, but being able to amplify that when the, the pools might be slightly smaller on that side. Yeah. I mean, that that's probably true, but I think like we're in this time, I guess in the before times, but we're still in it um, where there's so many amazing comedians. I think if, if you had this um, like push for diversity and inclusion 20 years ago, that's true. It would be diluted. Right. And I don't think we have that problem now because there's tens of thousands of comedians. There's so So many many. comedians and so many of them are so good. Yeah. You're like, you just have to do the work. Like it shouldn't be that hard. Like you're not rewarding someone for being for their, um, you know, them being a woman or whatever. You're not rewarding that. You're just booking a good comedian. Yeah. Like yeah. that should be the guiding principle, right? So there's enough for that. Now. And there are so many amazing comedians. It shouldn't be hard. If you're if it's hard, like maybe you're doing your job wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I think I, I can't speak to other industries, but it's not that hard to be inclusive. Like it's really not. Yep. And how much is that? You said that number of just that boom of just so many. And I agree with that. There's I'm so daunted by how many people are so funny. I, I talk a lot of shit, but overall, it's just like there's just like countless unbelievable comedians who are most of them undiscovered. Mm-hmm. How much has that changed in 10 years? So much. Yeah. Like, so much. Like I'm so happy not be starting now. No. Yeah. It's it's yeah, crazy. It's great. Like, a 10 times bigger field is what it feels like. But yeah. Congratulations. Have, but Laura. we do have social media now. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get discovered without without gatekeepers. I mean, you have to do yeah. your own fucking work now. Yeah, the world's a lot <laughs> smaller in yeah. that way. Right? Yeah. How like, does it? How does it feel being a, a gate? I mean, you, you consider yourself a gatekeeper? Oh God, no. No, I, mean, I guess technically that's true, but I think that's such a gross term. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, I guess like I, it, if you were excited no one's a real kingmaker anymore. No. That's the that was the term no. I heard thrown around. Like you, yeah. you have to. People can shove you out, but if you don't stick, you don't stick. And that's that's uh, the other f- side of you it. You feel it, right? Like, it's not one specific outlet. You feel it when someone has a buzz to them for whatever yes. reason. And you're like, man, they're really pushing this person. And you don't know where that's coming from. And sometimes it's a little emperor's new clothes. You're like, I are we do we all like this or yeah like are what we do we just want it because right I, I won't name the comedian but there was a comedian who i compared to um uh gamestop stock mm. where just a synthetic hot buzz and you're like wait this person doesn't have a a fan base my mom mm-hmm. doesn't know who they are they can't tour but when you when you're around these shows in hollywood and in new york like you think they're dave Chappelle. sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you could see that synthetic buzz they had this, yeah. that, that push and it's interesting yeah. to see, but like ultimately when you have a fan base and, and, you know, thousands of people willing to see you, that's an undeniable, for sure. That's it. That's making it. In my yeah. Opinion. yeah. But I guess the reason I don't like the term like gatekeeper is because the worst part of my job is saying no to people. It is the yeah. worst thing. Mm-hmm. It's so hard and it sucks. And sometimes you have to say no to people who you really like and who you're friends with and it sucks, but it's part of the job. Right. And so I think like, I don't know, like, yes, technically speaking, I guess we're gatekeepers to a, to a degree, but like, I think that is going away industry wise. Like, I think that's going away because I think people are able to get their own content out and they don't need networks. They don't need outlets to put their stuff out, you know, and it helps for sure, but you can also just go direct to the source, you know? So I think, 
I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to, um, like think about, but you're like, yeah, you should be going and doing that thing. Like if a million networks tell you, no, who gives a shit, go do it. Like clearly you think this is good. See if it is. Yeah. Yeah. If you're right, then you win. Then you have full rights to it too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, You get, you get the, uh, you get to do the, I told you so dance to a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The best kind. Yeah. That that really happens sometimes. It's really cool to see. Yeah, totally. So we talked about like, that's the worst part of your job. What's your favorite part of your job? It really is like, it's, it's working with younger comedians is the best part. And by that, I mean, giving them an opportunity. I'm not making them better in any way. It's like, I'm giving an opportunity and it's a really cool thing to give someone their first opportunity. And then you establish that relationship and they go on and do cool shit. And you're like, yeah, no, like we help their career. That's the best part. I think Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's fun. It's a great. Uh, yeah, this is a great episode. <laughs> Did that, you ever try to great. do stand up? Oh, no, no. What? No. Um, what attracted to you? It, do you just a big fan? Yeah, I'm just That's like really a stand up cool. nerd. <laughs> like, I, love uh, like that. I, I didn't know this job existed until I had it, and I was like, oh. That's what I should be doing. Cool. I, I always admire that. Like, there's producers who only produce, and I don't know why. Yeah, it's wild to me. I'm like, yeah. I don't genuinely, what are you, why? Oh, all the hardship <laughs> hardship of this without any of the glory? Without, like, the fun laughs where you're on, st- I don't know. Yeah. That's why, I mean, that's why I do stand-up. Like, sure. you know, so approaching it from a different perspective. But you're better people, I just want <laughs> you to know. Like, yeah. Yeah. But like, I think there are executives who would like to be writers or producers or performers. And then there are some that know their role as what they are. And like, I, I think that's me. Like, I'm like, no, I don't need to go do that thing just because I like it. You know, Um, I'm good over here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool job. It's a cool life. And I'm excited to see how this industry shakes out. The the cool thing is that there are, I think personally there are more people consuming stand up comedy now than there ever has been. I think you're right, yeah. and we're just figuring out how and where mm-hmm. <laughs> and how to make money off of that. I guess what's weird is like we all know things are crazy and weird, but like we're it feels like we're constantly figuring out new shit, right? Like yeah, constantly. But hasn't it kind of always been that way? Were we just not like cognizant of it? Like it, yeah. it does oh, seem like things were shifting over the time, over, you know, the last 10 years. But it was kind of like, oh, no, now we're doing streaming specials. Like, oh, OK, yeah, that makes sense. But there wasn't this cataclysmic shift the yeah. way it feels like now, I guess. It's like everyone just doesn't know what they're doing. Like the right. world's upside down. World so. is. Yeah, but we're all like becoming influencers i guess yeah yeah, which is like whether you like it or not fucking post a story on instagram like or something yeah i equate it to terrorism okay like once (laughs) someone figures out like once the guy figured out you could sneak a bomb in your shoe on a plane then no one could do that anymore you know what i mean once dane cook figured out myspace yeah then the entrances were too crowded for people to get in and then once (laughs) someone cracked the code for instagram and youtube yep so there's constantly a shift of ooh, fertile pastures and a gold rush yes and that's true that's true and i just think we're just more aware of those things now Mm -hmm. and video killed radio star yeah yes yeah 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 totally and there'll be that and there'll be that with the next thing and there'll be Mm -hmm. a new platform and Honestly, I think Quibi is the future. I think Quibi <laughs> is the way we all have to go. Oh, God bless him. 
Um, I think that's, yeah. I think that thank I'm, you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank, yeah. you, for, uh, thank and, you for the opportunity. Yeah, this was so exciting. You're, normally we just have comedians who are like, <laughs> I did open mics for five years and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. So this was actually personally very interesting for me. Um, thank you for coming on and we'll catch you. Follow, follow Ryan on LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I know. <laughs> Hit yeah. that connection. No unsolicited pitches, folks. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Still happens. I'm sure. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye.